Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Aquadox, the podcast that keeps you up to date on all things aquatic medicine. I'm your host, Michelle Greenfield, and today I'm talking with my longtime friend, Joy Middleton, who I met five years ago while interning at Dolphins Plus in the Keys. Joy was a vet tech there at the time, and together, along with some other techs and interns under the supervision of Dr. Joe Fava, we cared for over 15 bottlenose dolphins and two California sea lions. Hey, Joy, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on, Michelle. Joy, we had so many great moments together at Dolphins Plus, and I learned a ton from you. But I think one of the most exciting days at work was when we took one of the dolphins to the local hospital for a CT scan. Prior to that, I don't think I quite realized how routine it is to take animals for CT scans. But as we learned a few weeks ago from Max Polyak at Loggerhead Marine Life Center, it actually happens for a variety of aquatic animals. But it was just such an incredible experience being able to help you move the dolphin from the water and into a specially fitted truck for transport, and then getting to interpret the images with both you and Dr. Joe. But anyway, now you've moved on to a different facility where you're still working with dolphins and sea lions, but you also get to work with a bunch of other animals such as penguins, sharks, stingrays, and even some terrestrial friends like lions. So do you think you could tell our listeners a little bit about your experience and what it means to be a veterinary technician? Veterinary technicians assist veterinarians in the care of animals. It's a really fun career because it's very diverse. You have lots of responsibilities. You can help perform anesthesia. You learn laboratory techniques. You collect diagnostic samples. You perform different imaging techniques such as radiographs and ultrasonography. And you really get to learn a lot and be an integral part of helping a patient out. Have you found any differences working with terrestrial and aquatic animals? I have. There are lots of differences. For one thing, you have to remember with aquatics, you're near water a lot of times. And so you have to be very careful with equipment. And you're always trying to adjust your equipment to try to prevent anything from happening to it. Also, that means you have to go out to an area where the animal is, but there are also differences within the animals. Knowing anatomy, there's different anatomy structures within the animal, so that might make an image of ultrasounding different. And then I realized my biggest challenge was with collect the blood sample, venipuncture. I kind of learned backwards because I started with marine mammals and then went on to terrestrial animals. And I quickly learned that if you're taking blood from a dolphin, that vessel doesn't really move. So you either miss it and can redirect or you basically miss it. But with terrestrial animals, some of those veins, like the jugular or the cephalic, they like to roll on you. And so that was a very big learning curve for me was just getting practice with that. So those are some of the differences. So I know every day is probably super different, but what's an average day like as a vet tech? An average day in a vet clinic could look multiple ways, depending if there's a procedure that day. Also, you could have your day scheduled out and then an emergency comes out and you have to be flexible and your day could totally be different. I've definitely experienced that before, but an average day looks like first off, collecting any samples, doing any diagnostics that we need to get done and sent out to the lab or processed. That way, vets are able to get results faster. 
And then it just kind of flows from there. We do a lot of computer work, entering in records. We talk a lot with the trainers, so we check in with them first thing to see if they notice any differences with their animals in the morning. And then we're able to follow up with them throughout the day. If we have a procedure, we need to work up an animal. We will do that sometime throughout the day, so we prep for that. And so just depending on whatever facility you're at, they may have different ways that they like to schedule the day. But I've noticed that that's typically how it goes. Very cool. No two people have the same path in this field. So what led you to wanting to become a vet tech and make that transition between marine mammals and terrestrial mammals? I like what you said about different paths because people definitely have different paths and I definitely feel like my path was a little backwards. I think you can kind of relate. We've talked about this recently, but as far as I can remember back in my early days, I've always wanted to work with marine mammals and more specifically with marine mammal medicine. Uh, So that has always been my goal. So after undergrad, I found a master's program at the University of Miami that was actually concentrating on marine mammal science. So I applied and I was accepted into the program and it was an amazing program where we took classes on marine mammal conservation, research, applied behavior analysis, and medicine and it all related to the marine mammals. And then people from that program actually went different ways. Some became trainers, some became researchers, and then some went the medicine route like as a vet or vet tech. So that really gave me a foundation in marine mammal science, and I was able to find a job after graduating from that program at a facility that had bottlenose dolphins and sea lions, and it was an absolutely amazing time working at that facility. I know this is where I met you, Michelle, and that was just so great. I got to learn so much, and... I really also wanted to continue to grow and get more experience. So after a few years there, I pursued a job as a veterinary technician at another facility that had marine mammals, but also terrestrial mammals, because I really wanted to get a more diverse skill set. And then since I'm not a registered or licensed veterinary technician, I wanted to look into options for this to continue to grow my skills. And I did some research and was in contact with a few people, and I found a program. It's called the Alternate Route. And California is only one of, like, three or four states that actually have this alternate route. Basically, to become a veterinary technician, you have to sit and take the VTNE, which is a national exam for veterinary technicians. And so you can either go to school for two years in a vet tech program, or you can do an online program for two years. I know there's one through Penn Foster, and you do videos of yourself learning the skills, and then you go to a vet clinic and get your hands-on experience. But the alternate route is really cool because it says that you have to work underneath the California vet for two years, and they sign off on a skill sheet for you. And then you just have to have 300 hours coursework in veterinary classes, and then you're able to sit for the exam. So because you're working with such different animals in a given day, terrestrial and aquatic, how do you prepare to work with all these different animals? 
basically it's having a foundation in anatomy, small animal medicine, because once you have that, you can apply it to many different species. So any experience that you can get with that, it kind of translates over to exotics, but then just knowing the specific animals. So we work a lot with the trainers and they definitely help us to know how this animal reacts, what they're doing. They're really hands-on with the veterinary medicine, but knowing basic anatomy is really helpful. And then researching that species has been great. You know, it's one of the best parts about this career is working with different animals and just learning all their different adaptations are so cool. So it definitely helps to just do a little research before you kind of jump in there. So Joy, has there been anything that surprised you about the job or have you seen that's really evolved over the time that you've been working? Definitely. I learned that flexibility is huge. I learned that you're always trying to be innovative, that you're always trying to grow and learn how to make something better. For example, we first started a procedure at one of the facilities I was at, and we took only the minimal equipment that we thought we needed. And then as we started doing this procedure over and over, we started realizing that, hey, maybe we need to bring this with us in case this happens. Maybe we need to also bring this in case this emergency happens. So it was actually really awesome to be a part of that and to help develop that. And then you can translate that to most anything. A lot of times we're having to create little hospital units outside of where we're doing an actual procedure. And so learning to like just be organized and what you need to take. And it's just really fun to be innovative and to learn how to also grow within that procedure and just to learn how to make it better. So that was definitely something that is one of the ways that you need to just be flexible and learn how to roll with the punches sometimes. But I think another thing that has surprised me about being in this career is that it's definitely a lot of organization, attention to detail, and working with people. You really get to know people and bond with them in a very unique way. Sometimes you'll be in the middle of restraining an animal or something and you can be like right next to someone and you're like, wow, this might be a little too close for comfort, but hey, here we are right now in this position. So let's say hi and enjoy the moment. (laughs) Also, one of the unique things that I definitely learned, which was like super surprising and I've had to learn throughout the years is when I always envisioned being in this role, I always had this confidence uh, I envisioned myself having. And then once I got into the job, I realized that I was somewhat lacking that and I would second guess myself. And so learning to like trust your skills and know your skill set is huge. I know that all too well with the uh, too close for comfort. Sometimes you've got somebody half sitting on you. (laughs) True. I think you made an interesting point because a lot of people who are just focused on small animal or just working with clients don't realize that you're building a relationship not only with the animals, but also the trainers and the other personnel that are at these facilities. 
it's so true. And a lot of times these trainers know these animals so well. So we really take the time to build the relationship with not just the animals, but the retrainers. And we want to make sure to gain their trust. I recently was talking to someone about how important it is to just learn the trainer's animal and how that just helps your overall relationship with the trainers. There are lots of people involved with things like that. And that's what's so great is that there's not a lot of people that know what goes on with all of these different things. And so it's really fun to be working with people who get it and who like to do what you do. And then we can just share that with others, you know, the public. And it's a really cool ripple effect. Joy, what would you say is the most rewarding aspect of your job? You know, that is a good question. It's just really hard put into words that feeling you get like almost a high of just knowing that you're helping and you're being a part of something. Uh, There's just something so fulfilling about being in the middle of a procedure or that something that you're doing. Maybe it's the innovation or maybe people don't get to experience this type of thing every single day. So you just feel so blessed to be able to be a part of it. Also knowing that you're just helping is just so great. It's definitely just uh, really cool to see that what you can learn in managed care facilities can also help animals in the wild. A lot of developing ways to assess animals in managed care than you can apply to wild populations, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean, that's what's driving me to get into this field is the opportunity to study the animals in the managed care facilities and then have direct comparisons and direct correlations to how we can help the wild animals. Joy, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Do you have any other last things you want to share with our listeners? Most definitely. I think if you're interested in getting into this career, you should definitely go for it. Just research as much as you can. Definitely great to also network. And then it's just great to be able to learn so much. So be open to learning, be open to do things differently, and then just teach, teach, teach what you learn. I had amazing mentors. And so if you're able to be a mentor to someone, I would highly suggest it. It helps that person. It helps you grow as an individual and just be confident in who you are and what you're doing. And lastly, since this is such a group effort, just be open to new things. It's a great career, and I encourage anyone who wants to get into it. Joy, that was wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm sure everyone loved hearing about your stories and your experiences. Thanks, Michelle. And before we leave you, here's this week's Species Spotlight. The blue whale is classified as endangered on the IUCN Red List. It is a highly migratory species found in all oceans. The current global mature population size is uncertain, but likely between 5,000 and 15,000 individuals. Previously, the major threat to the blue whale was direct exploitation through commercial hunting. Today, it's predominantly boat strikes and climate change-induced habitat shifting. However, some conservation measures are in place. Blue whales are protected under CITES and the Convention on the Conservation of Migratory Species of Wild Animals. And that's going to do it for this week's episode of Aquadox. I'd like to thank Joy Middleton for being on the show this week, as well as thank all of you, our wonderful listeners, for tuning in. As always, 
Check out our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on the latest Aquadox news. I'm Michelle Greenfield. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll see you next time here on Aquadox.